Hello and welcome to another Solihull podcast. My name is Claire Bullivant from the Solihull Observer and I'm joined in the studio today with Eleanor Miles, who is going to be chatting through some of this week's biggest Solihull news stories with me and also about her late father's photo exhibition that is currently on at the Courtyard Gallery at the core right now and running until the 21st of October. Eleanor, welcome to the studio. Hi, thanks for having me. Pleasure, it's so nice for you to be here with me today chatting about the news and also your incredible, incredible father. I've been through some of his photography this morning and what a man. Yeah, I mean, the body of work that he has is is quite incredible, really. I think he'd been creative for all of his adult life. He worked in education as a teacher for all of his adult life and then uh, as an art teacher. So he was just always making, whether or not it was painting or drawing or photography um I don't think he had a day out without a camera around his neck <laughs> well he was a Solihull man your family's yes. from Solihull you yep. were born and bred there and um very sadly he passed away in January 2018 and is it you and your mum and your family you've got together to put this exhibition on at the core to yeah. celebrate his memory and just share his incredible work with the world because it is incredible that's right yeah um my mum's done an, a really wonderful job of, of collecting it all together and, and make sure it looks wonderful at the gallery and my sister Amy as well um, so uh, my dad like I say had been taking photo- uh, photographs all of his life and then became ill at the end of um, 2016 and found that his um, fine motor skills were affected so he had um, a number of um, grade 4 brain tumours and that's that's subsequently what um, what he died from but uh, he uh, he was finding it more and more difficult to use his hands, to stand for long periods of time, which obviously when you're using a really heavy camera mm. <laughs> really affects what you're doing. So rather than just packing it in and not bothering to make anything else, he thought, I'll just find a new way of, of doing it. And this is what these photographs that are on um, on display at the moment at the core are all about. So um, it's a series of panographs, which is like um, a long, thin image, kind of like a collage of, of photographs, but one digital image um and he uh um yeah he he did hundreds of them whilst he was poorly and my mum selected and printed um I think the best the best of the best and can people (laughs) buy them they can yes so um all of the um photographs of sale the ones that are framed there's also going to be some unframed prints available to purchase so the sale of the unframed prints all of the proceeds will go to Marie Curie Hospice in Solihull and the framed ones 25% will go to Marie Curie Hospice. Oh that's fantastic and tell us about your wonderful dad because I was reading through his website and I love his descriptions at the end of this section we'll end on his um thing that he wrote about Great Britain and everything because I think that's a lovely way of finishing off but tell us he was obviously an incredible not only talented but just a lovely human being yeah um, I should should probably say his name shouldn't I (laughs) (laughs) Tony Warren um yeah so uh like I say um there's there's me and my sister and my mum um they lived in Balsall Common my mum still lives in Balsall Common so a local guy um works in the Midlands in in education for um children with special special educational needs for all of his career and um and was just a very creative person um I think really helped push me and my sister in towards working in um creative industries we really loved art growing up I mean the weekends we used to go into his art room and you should have seen it it was full of things he'd made things the kids have made just just a really creative soul I think really and um 
and I think when he was poorly, knowing he was poorly and what sort of um, treatment he was having and, and the type of um, brain tumours he had, we sort of knew the route we were going down in terms of him, um, his, his motor skills changing. I think that's quite hard when you're a creative person because you're sort of going from um, somebody who can use their hands and uses their hands to make things and, to, and has done all of their life to literally not being able to do it is it's quite shocking it really must be horrible yeah. really horrible so, um, did, did he do it for as long as obviously yeah, he, yeah, he could and... he did and then literally just had to adapt the type of equipment he was using so instead of using a really big heavy fancy camera which by the way there are loads of and my mum I think was very patient and oh you've bought another camera have you <laughs> was that his thing <laughs> oh another tripod yeah we need another one of those in our house don't we um, and had to just change and adapt to using a much smaller digital camera sometimes even using a phone you know digital phone so all of these images are digital images but they're so bright they're so abstract um although I think if you're familiar with Birmingham and the surrounding areas you'll definitely still spot landmarks and architecture that you'll think oh I I recognize that because on the website um which is printone.photo um you can go through and he's he's put them into sections there's a Birmingham one there's a New York one there's a, a Seasons one they're all very and incredible but I love the Birmingham one I'm originally from Birmingham so those Birmingham ones but they're so clever because it's like the reflections in the other sure, buildings yeah, and yeah. I love the black and white ones it just brings I mean I think he says in his description of that section you either love it or you hate it Birmingham's a bit like Marmite <laughs> and he loves it but he's shown the best of Brum yeah. and um, Dennis Proud there but I also am um, I'm obsessed with his British ones, like the British flag, which is all crumbled up, and also the um, beach huts going alongside. That's the most stunning one. If I could afford it, I'd probably (laughs) come and buy that one. Um, But yeah, I've actually just finished doing a photography course. So, I mean, it was a total beginner's course, so I can't even pretend to be able to be at the standard your dad was. (laughs) Well, oh gosh, I'm not. I wish I had a tiny bit of his skill, really. I'm the sort of point point with my camera phone that's my level of photography well they taught us how to use the whole aperture and you know yeah, change amazing. all that but to be honest no I still just put it on automatic and take 100 shots and one might be good but I so now have a refound like appreciation for proper photographers yeah because well that skill is kind of getting lost isn't it and I think that's what's interesting about a lot of the work my dad did over the years so he would have started at a time when you you know you had to develop your photos in a dark room there was no digital photography that's brand new isn't it well it is to me it's probably yeah, not brand totally. new now is it <laughs> um, um and so like I say when we'd when we were growing up and we'd be in his art room with us with him and and go along at the weekends and he had a dark room and he knew everything there was to know about how to literally develop your film and how to get the best out of your photograph and so I think it's interesting because he then obviously went on to to using the digital image so he never really stood still in terms of the type of things that he was creating he was sort of changing with the times but also changing with his abilities which is really quite clever yeah, I think absolutely. and what would he be thinking of you guys putting this on I think he'd probably be a bit embarrassed about me talking about it <laughs> right not that he was shy but he would have just thought oh no don't do that you know it was quite um, self-deprecating but I think uh, I think he'd be pleased I think he wanted an exhibition of this work I think it was quite important to him that he'd managed to carry on doing it whilst he'd been poorly and and actually lots of the images that he took um was sometimes taken from the car window en route from home to the QE where he was having his treatment. So it sort of documented it in a way. I think that's what made it that little bit more important, this body of work, in terms of it being the pictures that he made whilst poorly and the pictures that, like I say, sort of document that journey. Um, 
and uh, yeah, so they're quite they're quite special, I think, and and obviously they're the last things that he made. So, and I think I read his very first image was when he was five years old and he was with his family sailing to New Zealand yeah, through the Panama Canal. So from five years old to it, documenting his journey right to the very end. Absolutely, what an incredible. Um, special thing that you guys have as well as a family to oh, they're lovely to have mm. I mean my poor mum the house is cluttered with them but <laughs> I think she's pleased to have them really and also to share them with people because we've got a lot of family and friend, friends coming along to see this exhibition it's obviously important to them as well as us but the fact that it's a public exhibition and that there'll be anybody can come and see them I mean that you know that's gives you quite a sense of pride doesn't it really and like I say my mum's done a lovely job of of um putting them on display and it looks really professional and how have you chosen the best ones then well, do you know what i haven't been involved in the selection that was all your yeah, mom. That's my mum yeah that yeah. must have been quite a job to do that yeah. um but as i say i love his wording as well he writes this incredible piece at the for the project of called genuinely british yeah and i'm just going to read a bit of it he was saying um so we obviously wrote this a couple of years ago yeah but he's saying as a country in particular and union in general we have of late dealt ourselves severe self-inflicted body blows granted politics is the play preserve of the few who purport to understand the world and the people of this unique nation and he goes on to talk about the opportunities, opportunities that we've got in Great Britain and how incredible our country is. He's got an amazing way with words. Yeah, and that did. just sums yeah. up the whole situation at the moment. Mm. So I can't wait to see that selection in real life, actually, yeah. in the theatre of what he, um, you know, is encompassing Britishness with. So, um, yeah, what an incredible man. Yeah. And I'm honoured to meet you oh, and you. have you on this podcast to talk about his works. So tell us where, when, how and... So it's on at the moment. It runs until the 21st of October at the Courtyard Theatre. Um, sorry, the Courtyard Gallery at the Core Theatre in Solihull. And Which used to be the library, didn't it? That's right, yeah. So it's just outside of Touchwood. So if you're popping in to do some shopping, it's just across the way. Um, it's free to, to come and see the exhibition. So it's open during the library hours. Um, and yes, anybody's welcome. And if there are any inquiries about wishing to buy them or see other um, bits of his work um, then the contact details for my mum are there as well and we're hoping to raise um, some money for Marie Curie Hospice in Solihull which is where my dad spent his final few weeks and the staff there and the facilities are totally amazing and deserve all of the money that can be given to them so um, we're hoping to do a little bit for that. Amazing and do we know roughly how much the photos are if we do want to buy the framed ones or or are they they all different prices they're all different prices but i think the unframed ones start from as little as about 15 to 20 pounds amazing yeah so it should be quite accessible and people hopefully can find something to suit their budget oh well well done for you know doing this for your dad and um he was obviously an incredible man and I can't wait to go and see the exhibition myself. And if anyone does want to get a preview, do go on to the website, which is printone.photo, and there's a selection of his work on there as well. Thank you so much, Eleanor. You're Thank gonna, you. You're going to stick around, though, aren't you? Because we're going to be back talking about some of this week's biggest Soli Hall news stories. Yes, indeed. You're listening because you have impeccable taste. And welcome back. I'm still with Eleanor Miles and we're going to now take you through some of this week's biggest local news stories, starting with our front page news story this week in the Solihull Observer. And it's a story that Solihull Council has responded to climate change concerns by agreeing a new target to become carbon neutral by 2030. This is good news, isn't it? This sounds like 
brilliant news. I mean, I think we all try and do our own little bit, don't we, to try and make the world a better place. We're all doing our bits of recycling and, you know, cutting down on our energy usage and that sort of thing. So it's great to see it coming from the top, I think. Absolutely. And I was talking to someone who was actually at that council meeting, apparently, and they were saying it was the first time ever that Conservatives, Labour, Lib Dem, Green, they all just agreed and they all just basically said, let's get on with it. Let's do it. We're all in favour of this. Nobody argued, nobody caused a problem. I think so, it sounds like Solihull Council are leading the way. I think we could do with that happening at higher levels of government, couldn't we? We need everybody on the same page for it to work. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and obviously at the moment, you know, this whole social climate and the damaging our planet is massive news. We've got all these protesters all over the world yeah. making a difference. And I was looking actually at the tables about Britain. and we, Do you know what? We're actually a pretty good, clean, efficient... Yeah nation um, compared to a lot of the world so I'm so proud of us and it is just a really nice thing that these things are happening and our councils are yeah it's baby steps isn't it we've got I know it seems like the small things that we do don't make a big difference but if everybody starts making those small changes it will eventually lead to something better surely absolutely well I've lived in America for the last sort of 12 years um, in Los Angeles and they're very green over there yeah and every year I come back and I start literally I'll go through my mum and dad's when I'm staying with them for Christmas whatever and I go through their cupboards and I replace everything with (laughs) eco-friendly washing powder and eco-friendly washing up liquid and you know I, I lecture them all about throwing bleach down the toilets and everything and my mum and dad now are really good and um but it has surprised me that british um even though we are very good on the table Mm. up there lots of people just don't know the little things that you can do like you know you don't in in california you don't just throw bleach down your loo that's going to end up in the oceans and affecting the fish and the animals and the ecosystem and everything but it's it's all just education isn't it people don't know yeah and like like i was saying before i feel like it has to come from a higher level there has to be some organization to it which at the moment doesn't feel like there is to me I feel like we all do our own little separate bits which is great and wonderful but for it to come from a higher council level with everybody agreeing about the way forward that's it's going to be brilliant absolutely and even um these well, who's the young Greta Thunberg yeah, yeah. she's just leading the way as well isn't she she's it it's, sounds it's so great for young people to have a voice I think I know people some people from certain generations roll their eyes a bit about it but I think she's wonderful I think for teenagers to have somebody to look up to think you don't have to be somebody in charge you don't have to be the prime minister to make a difference you can everybody can make a difference and she's absolutely leading the way she's doing a brilliant job absolutely so yeah well as um, a newspaper group we are very aware we have been for a long time all our papers we pay a bit extra to have our papers printed on crop paper which actually is good for the environment when it's growing so it's rotated like a crop we don't cut down trees or anything there so it's actually um apparently our crops that we our newspapers come from they are like a crop and they produce more oxygen when they're growing and that's amazing to hear yeah and um quite a few other british newspapers are also doing that now yeah so if you own a business or anything out there and you have any tips that your business locally does in Solihull, let us know because we might like to do a story on you and um everything helps us and as we say it's education sure yeah Mm. and you want as a consumer you want to be choosing those particular brands as well don't you like if you know the the one that you're working with or the one that you're that you're buying 
is helping the environment, you're going to buy that brand. Absolutely. I would pay that little bit extra for it to be better for the environment. 100%. And also supporting local. We're about to start, actually, a support your local businesses sort of campaign in our paper. And it is all about, you know, buying local cheeses, a mm. local supporting your local farm. Kind of takes you back to like that market town feel as well, doesn't it? Knowing where your produce comes from and knowing the people you're buying it from as well. Absolutely. And Skets, every, at the end of every month, they put on a fantastic... Um, trade and local artisan fair and they have Mm. craftsmen and everything come through and everything at those markets comes within a 30 mile radius which I think is spectacular so if you're thinking about Christmas presents if you're super organized not like me and start um, shopping early do check out Skets you've got a great one coming up soon so um, yeah keep your eye out for that on to the next story more great news and this is West Midlands Police are set to employ 366 new officers under the new government plans I didn't think this was going to happen Boris no, I have to say I, I took it with a pinch of salt Boris <laughs> promised us 20,000 new police officers across the country and it all starts it's it's happening yeah. Um, so yeah well, great, great good news. news isn't it I think it's it's re- probably reassuring for uh, you know that sort of local presence that perhaps people feel that they miss at the moment you know that Bobby on the beat kind of presence I hope it um, materializes and it becomes that sort of thing for people because I think it helps make people feel a bit more um, involved you know in with their community and 100% I we had Melanie Palmer on um, who's the CEO of Soli Hobbit a few weeks ago and she was talking about how as a the Soli Hobbit have basically had to get together and fund two they're not police officers, but they're kind of like security guards oh, okay. for the high street yeah. who are a great present. And they're doing an amazing job. They pop in and they're dealing with like petty yeah. thefts and keeping people safe and everything. But it shouldn't be up to the councils or these no, social bits to do, should it? It should be. We should have a Bobby on the beat actually there. And it's, it's those little like petty crimes that you're talking about that make an impact on people's day-to-day lives, isn't it? I know there's big stuff going on and we need our security forces to deal with that, but that um, presence on the high street to make people feel safe in their community is important, I think. So I I do, I really hope it happens. Yeah, well, apparently it's all happening. And um, basically it's happening immediately. Um, Jay Singh Sohal, the Conservative candidate to be the next West Midlands Police and Crime Commissioner, has said confirmation that the West Midlands is to receive 366 new police officers in year one of extra investment and it's happening now and it's a very welcome boost for a force that's stretched but they're they've they're really positive this is great news so great. very very happy about that move staying on the whole police theme we're going to now talk about have you heard about this disruption between the warwickshire police and the west Mid- middle uh, west mercia police yeah yeah i have yeah yeah it's um so it all started if you haven't heard listener (laughs) listeners since 2012 Warwickshire Police Force and West Mercia Police Force joined forces and they've been sharing services including IT and forensics so this all happened in 2012 all went swimmingly for the first year or two but then cracks began to appear in the marriage and I think it was West Mercia Police saying that they were subsidizing the Warwickshire Force and paying more into the Mm. pot and not getting as much out so obviously, um, you know, they, arguments began to ensue and they decided on having a divorce. 
I know, it's all been a bit... Sounds costly, doesn't it, when you say the word divorce? I know, exactly. (laughs) Well, this is it. Well, it was all supposed to be happening right now, but our Home Secretary, Priti Patel, stepped in last night and she is saying, right, you guys, sort it out. You're not doing anything for six months. (laughs) So she's come in and... I mean, there are probably bigger fish to fry at the moment, aren't there? I think this is exactly it, isn't it? But, um, yeah, she was saying it's going to be too disruptive and we just need to carry on going and... um, I think trying to keep everything as calm as possible and getting back on track is probably a good plan isn't it I think so too yeah <laughs> but it is interesting I didn't realize um that these sort of things actually happened you know you just yeah. assume that um everything's one but apparently each each area of the country is very on its you know it's kind of yeah. on its own it's and not they, something you ever think of is yeah, it really you just assume that everything's under one roof but no it's very um departmentalized I think is the word isn't it which I guess is a good thing for control and monitoring and effectiveness and everything but it's um, funny in a way when you start hearing that cracks are appearing and they're not getting on I know it it just seems like it could potentially be a waste of money and everybody's time and effort for there to be that sort of uh, yeah. bad feeling toward between between the two departments. I feel like, uh, like I say, there's there's other stuff going on at the moment. And we're probably better off just concentrating our efforts on Absolutely. on the work. They that should have just doing. asked us, shouldn't they, they Eleanor? Should. <laughs> we could have told probably them. Probably a really good idea that I'm not involved. In <laughs> um, moving on to our next story. It's World Homeless Day today. Right, which, okay. Yeah. So the whole world, we're looking at our poor homeless people. But in Solihull, we've been doing something a little bit different, and it's all part of this Solihull Bids initiative. We keep mentioning Solihull Bid. They're so incredible. They just do so much for our town. But they um, invested in this change into action plan. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, but it's instead of giving money to homeless people actually on the street, Mm -hmm. it's going to change into action. And you can give funds online or into some of the shops that are collecting money. And then that money goes into directly into the organisations like the homeless shelters and food banks and just things like that. So I think the belief is that some of the homeless people on the street collect money and it goes on to drugs or drink or it's not actually helping Mm -hmm. them. So what do we think about this? Well, I think there seems to be more than ever. You see people on the streets, don't you, at the moment? And I think anything that you can do to help them get back on their feet, whether or not it's um, mental health issues that they need help with or just that they need somewhere to stay, I'd be really happy to see the, like a, a more formal way of being able to help them because I don't know about you, but I want to help people when I see them. I'm desperate to help them, particularly when I've got like my kids with me because it's quite a hard thing to explain to children, isn't it? Why is that person there? Yeah. You know, you'd, you want to help them. You want your, your children to grow up in a society where they see you helping people that need that extra leg up. Mm. Um, but also, I do, in the back of my mind, question whether or not it's the right thing to do to directly give them cash, because you do hear this, don't you? You don't know if they're you going You don't know what, to be, what the or... best thing to do is, and you're trying to do your best to help someone. So I would love to see a more formal way of being able to, to give and knowing it's going to go directly back into your local community. Well, this change into action, it sounds incredible. And we've just learned that the council has already accommodated three local people as part of the Solihull Housing First programme. So it's part of a wider regional Housing First pilot. But it's working. Three people have already, you know, come off the street in Solihull. And I was talking to another councillor and apparently he was saying in Solihull there are usually only between two and four people who regularly sleep rough 
and the council is regularly in contact with them. So a lot of the people who come in, they're yeah. kind of like homeless tourists, they call them. They'll come in from other towns and pretend to be homeless, collecting money. And um, It's shocking to hear, isn't it, really? It is shocking. Mm. You just don't know. I think there was a documentary on TV recently, wasn't there, okay. where somebody in London did it, and he was... Um, I think his name was Ed Stafford, and he ended up going and somebody, he went and spent the night at the guy's flat. He'd actually got a free council flat, and he was collecting oh, hundreds that's of That's unbelievable. Pounds. I know. So it is, um, I think this is an incredible initiative. And if anyone out there wants to give money to the homeless, obviously to the people who really deserve it, and get to the root cause rather than encouraging maybe drug taking or drinking, etc., do check out the website. It's changeintoaction.org.uk. And with the cold weather coming as well, if you do spot a rough sleeper who you think might need help, please contact Streetlink. Um, their website is streetlink.org.uk because um, that's one thing I was thinking that this cold weather is. Oh. Yeah, and do you know what? I don't think I'd know who to contact actually. So that's really useful to know because you can have really immediate worries about people that you feel you need to to discuss there and then can't you absolutely if it's freezing outside it must just be so awful for yeah, them again well um we're nearly coming to the end of our time here eleanor but one final thing i want you to guess who we've just found out is turning on the christmas lights this year in chelsea wood wow who could it be i'm excited <laughs> every year they get bigger and better we've got none other than phil mitchell coming no to town way. not yep. phil mitchell <laughs> steve mcfadden <laughs> we've just found out is turning on the chelsea wood christmas lights um do you know i used to live with a famous eastender when i was living in los angeles did you i did did you do you, do you watch eastenders um I'm kind of a classic EastEnders watcher, maybe not so hot on the last couple of years, but so well, the my, Phil Mitchell, I mean, I know he's still in it, but you know, like the Phil and Grant era, that's kind of my era. My flatmate for a while was Michael Greco. <gasps> Beppe! No way! <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm actually going to pick up the phone and go, Beppe, do you turn on... Do you call him Beppe? Do you turn on Christmas lights around the UK? Because I think that's funny that they get to turn on Christmas that lights. Is. I'd love to do that. Oh, be the... Do you think they have like a big red button or a plunger or yeah, something? Yeah, they do. I've been, I've, I've been there before for these Christmas that's lights. Quite... It's a big thing. That's it's, really it's, exciting. <laughs> it's a big deal. So yeah, hopefully we'll get an interview from Phil Mitchell for the Fantastic. Sony Observer as well. I wonder so. what he thinks of Chelmsley Wood, if he's ever been before. Oh, we've got, we've got the best shopping. I... Touchwood's my favourite. I love yeah. the Touchwood shops. So I, that's just my dream shopping destination. Yes. But Chelsea Wood is incredible as well. We do have the best shopping yeah. in Soho. He's going to love it, isn't he? He's going to love it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on the Soli Holt podcast, Eleanor. Thank you've you. been a dream guest, and um, we can't wait to go and see your father's incredible exhibition. Thank you happening so much at the moment. And um, yeah, thank you. You'll have to come on again. I'd love to. Yes. Mm-hmm.